0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host,
1: ADHD and Attention Coach, Jeff Copper.
0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Tonight's show ADHD Stimulant Awareness The Basics. Everybody, we're excited about, uh, this is Welcome to ADHD Awareness Month. Yes, the entire month of October in the year 2018 is dedicated to ADHD awareness, brought about by the Senate resolution signed back in was 2004, written by uh, Michelle Novotny, uh, David Gwerk, and uh, Evelyn Green. We're very grateful for uh, their their uh, help back in those days. Um, tonight, we are launching a, uh, a our, the first of a series of seven shows to celebrate ADHD Awareness Awareness Month, and we're specifically focused on ADHD stimulant awareness, basically on medications, which is a hot topic. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about the basics um, with uh, Dr. Uh, John Bailey. Um, before we get into things, really quickly, tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and. Um, We're offering you two free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you got to do is listen to our show and send us the secret word of three shows. The email address to send it to is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and we'll email you uh, PDFs of the current um, Attention Magazine and one to come. Um, Again, tonight's show is being brought to you uh, by Chad. We've got a little promo we're going to run, and we'll get into the show.
1: Chad celebrates ADHD Awareness Month each October, to improve the lives of the 17 million children and adults in the U.S. who live with ADHD. In 2018, we're setting the record straight. Help us raise awareness for those affected by the disorder and their family members. To learn ways to get involved with ADHD Awareness Month, visit our website at chad.org.
0: Again, Chad, for uh, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Char- Chad—excuse me—is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our members, um, uh, all of our listeners, to become members of that organization because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. They're the ones that actually help advocate on our behalf on at Capitol Hill. Also. Uh, um, their, their conference every year, uh, which is now the combined conference with the, the Attention Deficit Disorder Association and the ADHD Coaches Organization called the International Conference on ADHD uh, is coming up um, learn more about that at Chad's website at chADD.org. Okay, so let's get into the show again tonight, or actually tonight is the first uh, part of a seven-part series on ADHD awareness. Tonight the show is going to be on the basics, uh, we're also going to cover shortages, Dosing, the long-term effects, if they're addictive or not, medication diversion, and media sensationalism on them. Um, If you uh, like links to those show, if you're uh, at our homepage at attentiontalkradio.com and listen to the show, the links are all embedded in the description, and I think you'll probably be able to access some of that stuff from iTunes or I'll do some search. So all these shows have been um, pre-recorded. Uh, we're kind of repurposing them as a package. Uh, so some of the bios are a little bit out of date, but for the most part, the rest of it's intact. So let's roll the tape. We're here with Dr. John Bailey, Jr., who's the Dean of ADHD Treatment Physicians in Alabama. In 1995, he founded the state's first specialty clinic for ADHD, the Center for Attention and Learning. Since then, Dr. Bailey's practice Expanded uh, to four states across the Gulf Coast and to many uh, conditions associated with ADHD. He lectured and educated uh, uh, patients, physicians uh, nearby and nationally. Uh, He's a graduate of the University of Alabama and got his medical degree there. He's board certified in family medicine and began specializing in ADHD and related conditions at a time when there were only four ADHD clinics in the South uh, since then, he's treated uh, nearly 4,000 people with ADHD from age four to age 22. I have to tell you, everybody, I reached out to Dr. Bailey um, some time ago because he's exceptionally articulate and um, – just patiently waited my turn, and upon his retirement, we finally found time to have him come on the show, and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to have him come on to talk about uh, ADHD, uh, the history of, of the medications and some of the basics, uh, because he's really good at articulating things, and with that, uh, Dr. Bailey, welcome to the show. Hey,
2: Jeff. Thank you for asking me on. I appreciate it. Good to uh, see you again.
0: <laughs> um, With every really good physician, we're here to help provide some information and we need to be really careful what we're doing. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about ADHD meds, but uh, talk to us about, give us the kind of caveat here because we want to be careful. We're helping educate you, but we're not uh, providing treatment or prescription. So Dr. Uh, Bailey, can you just kind of go through our little caveat so we can get into the show?
2: Yeah, caveat, you know, it's an old Latin word for cover your butt. Uh, yours, mine, whatever. Uh, we're talking about general education, not even general medical education today. Uh, everything I say is not going to be gospel. It won't be everything you would need to know to treat the condition. Uh, not everything I say has had ideal scientific study. Not every statement has received any study sometimes. Some of its observation. Uh, Your mileage may vary. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, establish a standard of care, and I'm really not endorsing or condemning any product. I may say some good things about a product. I may say another one Uh, uh, something negative. I may use uh, uh, brand names at times because of my audience's familiarity, not necessarily because of a recommendation. Uh, and, and particularly the, the ages and the dosages and the frequencies and the generations that I may discuss with you, you may ask me about, they're not going to conform to the FDA and manufacturer's product information. So, so don't rely on what I say without going through your physician with it. It has to be uh, a mutual decision of the risks and the pros and the cons, but it, it comes down to the patient and their physician, not a radio uh, interview.
0: Uh, and thank you for that. I, it's it's important. Uh, one thing that I always like to have experts uh, like Dr. Bailey on come and talk about because when it comes to this stuff, it, education is key. The more you know as a consumer, the better questions that you can ask, and really get to the end that you're speaking up with your uh, with your physician. So, with that, let's begin. Uh, I think it's kind of fascinating. Can you tell us the story yeah. of ADHD medications, and specifically when stimulants first uh, were kind of discovered to help those with ADHD?
2: That's really interesting, set, set and scary. Um, chemistry was a – I was a chemist in college. Chemistry was a, a big deal even in the Middle Ages. I don't go back that far, but – but our pharmacological chemistry advanced really rapidly in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, and it really advanced faster than the science of medicine. Medicine didn't get very modern in the United States until the 20s or so. What we had were drugs and chemicals that were invented that were in search of diseases, and we were Back then, we were describing conditions very poorly. We didn't know what they were. You know, those old words she has the vapors, he had the dropsy. Uh, the problem is a, a weak constitution, malaise, or he's you know, intemperate, or it's, there's a condition that must be a thing called post operative depression, and we need to come up with a drug for that. Uh, grumpy, phlegmatic. So, a lot of these chemicals were being uh, discovered in the late 1800s. Uh, in um, in 1887, amphetamine uh, was, was synthesized in Germany. Uh, let me tell you the story of a little girl. We, we need something positive in the, in the United States after the stories of this week. Uh, there's, a, there's a sweet little girl named Emma Pendleton Bradley. She was born in, in Connecticut Jeff, in, in 1880. She did fine until. 87. She got encephalitis. She never recovered. She died at age 27 uh, never really having improved any. Uh, Her parents were rich. Her father was Alexander Graham Bell. He uh, brought doctors into the home for 20 years. so She she never got any better. They created a hospital as her legacy in uh, Providence, Rhode Island in in 1930 or 31 or so. They hired a, a guy that was her cousin for the medical director, really the first child psychiatrist, scientific child psychiatrist in the United States. There were no other hospitals like this. And he started doing studies on kids. And, and mm-hmm. back then, uh, all you did before, you just sat down and talked to people, on you couch and all that. And I guess you used a small couch for kids or you used a bigger stick. I don't know what you used. But, <laughs> The common psychiatric practice, that was what the practice was. And he's saying, what's going on here? And they didn't have CT scans. They didn't have MRI scans. They had an EEG, and they had the X-ray. And you put an X-ray on the head, and you see a big round bone, and you don't see a brain. So the, the you couldn't get your hands uh, literally or figuratively around what's going on with these people who didn't do what they, the rest of the world did or didn't do it real well. So he started doing, things, doing something called a pneumoencephalogram, and it's, it's pretty, pretty rough as much as it sounds. So you take a, do a spinal tap, and you squirt air up the spinal cord, and it rises up, and it outlines the brain. Then you take an x-ray, and you see the brain. Problem is, it hurts like L. It's, wow. it's bad. Wow is right I don't do that very much anymore I've only had one patient who's ever had that In 40 years of doctoring And so these kids that, that, that he was Not trying to torture But was trying to figure out something to help the world uh, They wound up with these terrible headaches And for some reason he thought That this amphetamine compound That I said was invented in Germany in 1887 Might take away their headaches It might make more water to fill around the brain or something. Well they didn't do that well, what happened? This was a hospital, and these were it was a long-term hospitals. So these kids were staying there, and they had doctors and nurses and, and nannies, and they also had teachers. And this was very progressive for the 30s, especially for the only hospital for children in the world. And they sent them to class, and the teachers, that the nurses and the doctors in the hall, uh, the people that you're given this headache medicine to, they are listening in class. They are learning. They are asking questions. They are even coming to the teachers and saying, can I have my pill? They call them their arithmetic pills. Can I have my arithmetic pill? Can you believe this? And, and this is in a time when these kids were remember, minimal brain dysfunction, minimal brain damage. Yep. They thought these children couldn't sit still because they had brain damage, and they were being yep. given a medication changing their learning. For the first time in the world, my goodness, so maybe it wasn't brain damage after all. Maybe all of us with our ADHD aren't brain damaged. What a wonderful thought that would be so in nineteen thirty seven uh, this Dr. Bradley published this uh, it, it was uh, it came out just before the war. Uh, it got lost in the literature uh, in fact. I saw it online. Uh, first publication of this 1937 paper was in 2006 online. Yeah, uh, wow. it was on it was in paper before then, but the first got in electrons just in the last decade or so. Uh, and and um, what he found was he said he, to see a single daily dose of this provide a greater improvement in school performance than the combined efforts of a staff working in the world's most favorable setting. Would be all but demoralizing to these teachers hadn't had not the improvement been so gratifying from a practical viewpoint. So uh, this this is where we went. Uh, the paper got uh, hidden. Uh, people started looking at it in 1958, uh, 59, or so forth. The chemical that was used, dex, dexedrine, dextroamphetamine, in 1940, and during the war uh was you, the british used 12 million dosages of that in the, uh in the war the americans used 18 million dosages of that so afterwards there was sort of a marketing explosion but as like i said it was for things that were vaguely labeled uh, the depressions the sluggishness the the grumpiness the irritability and so forth and, and and some of these people would wake up, but it wasn't considered for use. Of, there wasn't any ADHD, so they weren't treating ADHD. Um, the first time-release um, dexedrine or time-release ADHD med came out. It was a dexedrine span suit in the 70s uh Obetrol, who's heard of Obetrol? Can you imagine what O-B-E-T-R-O-L was supposed to control as an <laughs> obesity medication? Uh-huh. It, was, uh, it was methamphetamine and, um, and uh, amphetamine together. Uh, they reformulated that in 1994 and sold it to a small drug company called Richwood, who renamed it Adderall. So with that, with the methamphetamine out of it, and with the, the formula revised for uh, for dexedrine and dextroamphetamine salts, and then along came Adderall. You know, do you ever hear why where Adderall supposedly got its name? It treats uh, all people with ADD. Adderall. Really? That's what. That's I mean, where the marketing name came from. The company told me back you know twenty so years ago. Um they never used it as a slogan cause it you know, there is the FDA, yep. it doesn't treat all, but uh yep. but it was it was somebody should have gotten paid for that back in the marketing department. Uh the same company <laughs> of course came up with with Vivance. Do you know do you ever hear where Vivance reportedly got its name? Who, who uh, was, it on uh, who, 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 who was uh Lucy Ricardo's uh girlfriend? Ethel Mertz, what was her name? Yep. Vivian Vance. So she was Vivance. The company kind of smirks when you ask them that, but they won't deny it. So that's that's there's a couple uh, there. Um, so wow. we wound up with uh Vivance in in oh seven. We we wound up with Procentra and Vivance and Ivecchio and Zen and Diana Vell XR and then and is the latest one my day, is all through two thousand and seventeen. Uh, and, and that doesn't even touch with the methylphenidate, which is, has its own story.
0: So I tell you, we need to, we need to pause here and kind of go for a break. So let me just kind of recap this because I think this is, it, this is the first time I've really heard this kind of comprehensive. So in a weird kind of way, um, it was discovered that it had an impact in school as a means they thought originally was just to reduce headache. And all of a sudden it became the arithmetic pill and kind of the rest is history, um, it, it was as simple a uh, discovery as is that, is that. That's fascinating to me. That's it. That's what happened. Well documented. Wow. <laughs> well, I tell you, what, let's go to break. and come back, everybody. Um, again, I think you know why I had him on. He's, he's great with these stories. It really gives a lot of background. This is again, this is uh, uh, Dr. John Bailey. He's is retired. Um, He's, uh, I guess, enjoying himself. If you're listening to the show and for any reason you'd like to contact him to have him come in and do a talk or a presentation or a lecture somewhere, reach out to us at attention at attentiontalkradio.com and we'll get you in contact with them. But, but, uh, oh, also, really quick, our uh, secret word is basics. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
1: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. You've tried logic. Johnny, just calm down and work. Then you can go out and play with your friends. Now get the help you really need to improve motivation, communication, and compliance for kids with ADHD. Join nationally recognized ADHD parent coach Cindy Goldrich and her team of experts at PTS Coaching. Take the first step. Sign up for parent workshops today at ptscoaching.com. Workshops offered in person, via the web, and as e-courses.
0: Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an Edge Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
2: Make every moment count with Time Timer, a sensitive solution for ADHD time management. It shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes. To place an order for a Time Timer, all you have to remember is Timetimer.com.
0: Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And
1: now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We're here with the, uh, uh, Dr. John Bailey, Jr., who uh, is uh, very articulate and very experienced after working with over 4,000 people with ADHD. Before the break, he's given us a great history of uh, really kind of how uh, uh, stimulants kind of came about and, and a lot of nuances. A, a lot of that, Dr. Bailey, I haven't really kind of heard before. Um, so moving forward, there's so much to cover um, I guess what makes the most sense to talk about all the different kinds of drugs that are approved at this point? Um, What do you think? Well,
2: let me just briefly, since we're going to go into the other stimulant, methylphenidate, let me tell you where that came from, and we won't won't take as long. Uh, uh, Methylphenidate, uh, we all call Ritalin, uh, early 20th century, got synthesized, a, 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 a related chemical, and during the war, this gentleman, I uh, was a Siba chemist, chemist, uh, uh, an Italian gentleman named Leandro Contenzon, I guess, uh, built methyl alpha phenyl 2 typeridine acetate. So he had a, he had to make a shorter name for that. It wasn't didn't sell real well, so they called it methylphenidate It's an abbreviation for that. And back then, it wasn't quite as organized in the American uh, pharmaceutical industry, Uh, you know, now we have to test to get approval from the scientific uh, uh, groups of the colleges to to use it on dogs or rats or uh, certainly humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, This gentleman decided he would use it on his wife first, uh, Marguerite. And, she had a condition we would call dysautonomia. Now, and dysautonomia means that when you instead of exercising and your blood pressure goes up, it goes down, and she couldn't play her tennis when that happened. So, so he said, let's try this stuff. I think it's going to work on that. And and, going the whole, did she could play her tennis as long as she wanted to play. And he decided he would. Uh, there was a product that he should push forward to the company, uh, and he needed a name for it. And his name, wife's name, Marguerite. He called her Rita, and so he created a compound called Rita Dream, or Rita Lean, Ritaline, R-I-T-A-L-I, and he even took the E off the end of it and made it Ritalin, and that's what we've heard of. So that's wow. where that came from in 1944, and it passed the FDA in '55, and it started to be sold for. Uh, clinical use, uh, depression, fatigue, lethargy, spirits, outlook, performance. Notice we didn't use the word ADHD then, not even normal brain dysfunction. Um, Over-sedation, post-op, and so forth. We had a lot of usages then, and then we started to get the longer time-release medicines like Concerta and Little in L.A. and Focalin XR and the patches and so forth as the the 21st century came along.
0: Wow. That's fascinating again. This is great information. I didn't necessarily know this. This is kind of cracking me up. This is uh good stuff. So, okay. Thank you. Um, thank Rita. <laughs> thank God, Rita. Okay, so with that, let's talk so we have the stimulant medications. Uh there's different types of just give us a landscape of all the different ones and uh and just kind of walk us through it. All right. Well, we have non
2: uh prescription drugs. We have herbals and nutraceuticals and nootropics and homeopathics and dietary supplements. I get questions about all these, but I would cut to the chase on that and just say what I say in a speech. No rigid placebo-controlled scientific study has ever shown a useful and statistically valid benefit from any such agent. If you can find it, please let me know so so those are the non prescription medications uh, we have okay. prescription medications and and uh, those are divided up into those that are fda approved and those that aren't and people ask about the ones that are not uh, approved uh, about the miscellaneous ones to use as let's go to this can we try this can we try that and those are the medicines like uh, were invented for narcolepsy uh, alertness provigil new vigil The appetite suppressants, Phentermine, uh, Adipex, has uh, been a particularly useful medication, not approved, but it works Mm -hmm. for ADHD pretty well. It's probably the best of all of those, I would think. Uh, Some of the anti-Parkinsonian medications, Simitrel, Amantadine. uh, uh, Dr. Hallowell tried that, as I recall, years ago, and nothing really ever came of it much. Uh, the, the ones that are uh, pushed a lot are the antidepressants, particularly Wellbutrin, Effexor, maybe some of the old tricyclics. Um, there's a confusion here, and Jeff, one of the reasons that it's said so often and referred to that these uh, meds work for ADHD, which they don't, uh, and in Bailey's humble opinion, is that depression. What are the symptoms of depression? So they're Problems with concentration and memory and focus and motivation and interest, right? Yeah, well, those symptoms yep, of ADHD. Yep. Problems with interest, <laughs> motivation, <laughs> focus, memory, and concentration. So you get you get ADHD. You catch your ADHD somehow, probably from sex at birth, and and then you end <laughs> up with well, it happens, yeah. And you end up with it's harder to live with it. Just it is. That's where the depression comes from. Uh, twice as hard, half as far. And and you wind up with these problems uh, due to your depression. So you get treated with an antidepressant and you get better and either, A, you see, you didn't have ADHD at all, or these meds really work for your ADHD. I know you brought me this article that lists the symptoms of ADHD. and see, we fixed a whole lot of them with it, and I guess you still have some depression left, but let's hang in there and go get some counseling, And, and we'll get you better. And that's where it gets confused that the antidepressants work on ADHD, but in my opinion, they don't. So so you're Uh, left with what is prescribable uh, that is indicated for ADHD, and so we're down to six medications. And you can just just focus on those six medications, and you divide those up. So you're left Mm -hmm. with three stimulants and three non-stimulants. It's it's clearly with a blackboard or a smartboard or a PowerPoint presentation. Um, There's stratera, which is a dopamine reuptake inhibitor combined with norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. We're talking about neurotransmitter molecules. And we have two of what we call alpha agonists. I always call that such a catchy name, alpha agonists. (laughs) very hard to explain what they do. very hard to understand what they do. Uh, Those that's uh, gonfacine and clonidine. And then we have our three stimulants that are approved. Uh, the two that we've talked about historically there, methylphenidate and, and amphetamine, and all the different brands there are, but there were two drugs as such. Yep. And then we have um, methamphetamine, which is actually approved for use in treatment of ADHD. Uh, all sorts of arguments, pros and cons about that. Not many pros, at least, really are were spoken of. I have used uh, meth- uh, methamphetamine twice in 4,000 patients, and nothing else would do uh, with a long talk. They were actually both children, believe it or not. Uh, and we had a long talk with the parents, and they were going to be thrown out of kindergarten, first and second grade. Mm-hmm. And they have been thrown out three and four times. They got put on those mm-hmm. medications very carefully, watched them along, and then got transferred as they matured. They lived happily ever after, and I hope they uh, had been to college by now. Uh, wow. but the other 3,998 patients were treated. They were treated uh, with stents, were treated with uh, those other two medications, met within the day, or some form of amphetamine. Uh, there's, okay. there's the run, uh, there's the, the universe of uh, ADHD treatment medications.
0: I can't wait. This is a good starting point for us to go to our second break. Um, Everyone, again, you you already know why I had him on. He's spectacular. Uh, If uh, he is retired, he's joining life right now. If you have any interest in reaching out for him for a presentation or a lecture or some type of convention, please contact us at attention at attention talk radio and we'll get you in contact with him. Tonight's secret word is basics. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to attention talk radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
0: Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com ATR
2: make every moment count with time timer a sensitive solution for adhd time management it shows how much time is left using a bright red disc that gets smaller as time passes to place an order for a time timer all you have to remember is timetimer.com
0: you can't go off to college with them but we can visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide.
1: Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We are here with the Dr. John Bailey Jr. We're having a conversation about uh, really ADHD and discovery of medications that can help. And then we've just gotten a good education on the landscape of uh, both non-approved Uh, medications and approved medications and uh, don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, That's why we have to have you back, Dr. Bailey. But uh, stimulant medications, there's a lot of conversations about that. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. So first – one, I'd like to give you a, a, a synopsis of what a stimulant medications are, and another issue that I'd like to talk about is their effectiveness. I think there's a lot of confusion. I know that's a, probably we probably should de- dedicate a whole show to that, but can you just talk about what it is, and let's talk about a little bit of the effectiveness, and we'll go from there.
2: Sure, Jeff. Uh, w- when I tried to make a lecture about stimulants years ago, I went and looked through the web and looked through the book, and, and I could not find a decent diagnosis, uh definition of a stimulant. And so like any good ADHD, I just made one up. And so what <laughs> I have come up with, and I, yeah, it works. Works for me, works for you too, doesn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a, a stimulant, one which causes a temporary arousal of central nervous system activity and results in an increase in, I'm giving you half a dozen things here, alertness, wakefulness, consciousness, awareness, stimulus recognition, noticing there's a car just crossing your lane, noticing the stop mm-hmm. sign, noticing the fact there's a closing that your paper is due tomorrow in class. Uh, mm-hmm. a sense of well-being, mood, energy, interest, and motivation. You, you can argue about what some of these things mean, like my wife and I argue about what consciousness and awareness mean all the time, but uh, these are all good things. There's not a thing on that list that, doesn't, that is not an advantage to a human being as they go through their lives. So a stimulant yep. revs up and increases, increases uh, and arouses the central nervous system activity and those are the results.
0: That, I, I love that. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I was, I was used to doing some presentations on boredom, and it was interesting to me, uh, Dr. Bailey, up until I think it was uh, 2013, the, the scientists couldn't come up with a unified definition of what boredom was. While it's a ubiquitous experience and everybody knew what it was, they couldn't agree on a definition. So um, I like what you put together there. So, I'm um, glad you Samuel said Jeff-
2: that. Let, let me throw this in, Jeff. I, I'm ADHD. If you want a definition of ADHD, it is a running away from boredom.
0: That is all ADHD
2: is, is the running away from boredom.
0: And so, you know, it's interesting because there's different kinds of boredom in my research, and, and one, those with ADHD are susceptible to what's called agitated boredom, and I ran across a definition of that that I think you'll like. It's the physical discomfort where one is motivated to escape the plight. In other words, they're so physically uncomfortable, they're going to do whatever they can to get comfortable. And it's funny, Doctor Bailey, because I describe that to many people that I coach, and they really can I- identify. Many of them say, "I'm, I, I physical, I have this anxiety, and I'm kind of pacing around." And I have a, a lot of times I'll deal with a parent or a spouse, and I'll say, "Have you ever thought about a time when you were really, 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 really cold? I mean, really cold, like five below?" And did you ever do something like break into a, a building or do something that you shouldn't have? And it's been interesting how many of them have. I said that's, you're so physically uncomfortable, you're going to do anything you can to get comfortable. And so I, I I'm sharing that because it's the running away from boredom, the, that, that I just kind of mirrors it. And it's, it's, it's fun. Cause I talk about that a lot, what I'm doing. So, uh, kudos. So true. Um, okay. So let's just talk about the effectiveness of stimulant medications. Cause I think there's a lot of confusion out there and I really want to do some more shows because I think getting the right dose and the right amount at the right time is, is somewhat complex. And I think it clouds, a lot of people's thought process out there about the effectiveness of stimulants, but just talk about its effectiveness and we'll go from there.
2: To me, stimulant medication, I, I think Halliwell uses the term the gold standard of ADHD treatment. It's not for everyone, uh, but they work better than anything else that's out there. It is time mm-hmm. to quit apologizing for stimulants. Not everybody needs them. Not everybody can take them but if you can take them and your doctor knows how to use them and you are are in a situation where you can get the feedback and get in contact with a physician and get it adjusted they will pre last forever and they will work very very wonderfully it's more likely that your lifestyle and your life will change and make them become unnecessary i mean you may you may be promoted and get a great secretary and not need your medication but yep. that hasn't changed your neurons. Inside you may get a great coach, you know. Um, you yep. may start listening to attention talk radio and they learn all sorts of things. <laughs> but, the, but that the uh, that's the gold standard uh, of ADHD treatment is the
0: stimulus. So, but, to, but one of the things I think is really important that I want to draw out, and it's important, has a doctor that knows them and – knows how to use them because they are complex in terms of getting the right amount, the right drug, the right type. It's not just to take two pills and call me in the morning. Is that accurate statement? That, that's true. To be
2: honest, my first physician, bless her heart for diagnosing me in, in 1995, my goodness knows, um, did say, here, try this and come back in four months. That's not what you do. No, it's not, it's not so much danger. If you've got an intelligent patient, they will call you and tell you you've got a problem. But ADHD was born ADHD. They don't – They the, what they are is their definition of normal. And I say they, I'm talking we. You know, it's, it's not a derogatory yep. term. Um, but They've been there in utero. Every day of their life has been this way, and so and until they get to where they can be, they don't know what's the what's their potential is. Yep. And you have to yep. push them, and you have to work with them. You uh, you don't push in giant leaps. But what I say when someone comes back in and says, "This is wonderful. I am great," and my, I look at them straight in the face, if I got an intelligent patient, and I say, "Fine, we go up." And uh, we'll go up a, you know, a small percentage, and you come back and tell me how that is. And then after um, after we've gotten your drug adjusted, we work through the different forms, say methylphenidate, and we come up with what you need and what I mean. And you finally realize the blessings, uh, hopefully, of taking it seven days a week from the minutes you get up to, you know, at mm-hmm. least late into the evening if possible. Then then what I will look at them and say is okay, fine, let's change your drug and cuz they don't know what amphetamine will do if if uh methylphenidate has been the only thing that they've been on i'm not i'm, I'm not going to insist and jump up and down and say no you have to change no 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 I would say, gently, let, I, this is a suggestion I would make to you. Here's what other patients have seen. They have seen major differences if you change the drug. Let's work on that. Mm-hmm. Now we know the general range. I, I don't have to start from zero. We don't need another six months or four months. Let's try this. And guess what? Yep. When you come back and you tell me what works best for you, and I will write that prescription
0: for you. What works best for you, I think so. Number one, there, there's a lot of things out there. I think that people confuse as ADHD. So if we can, if we can do a control for that, and we know it's ADHD, and you've got a doctor that understands the medications and works with a person over a period of time, both in terms of the dosage, the right amount, the right drug, etc. And really works for them because I think that this is really really pretty complicated. And I know Dr. Bailey is a coach. I spend a lot of time educating the people that come to me and I say, have an expectation that you're going to have to change your meds 12 to 15 times just to get them to work with the doctors to get that right. But let's say that you've worked with somebody over a period of time and you get them into that sweet spot. If you can't answer this, I totally respect it. But in terms of effectiveness compared to like maybe an antibiotic or some type of other drug – Can you speak to how effective it is in treating ADHD to maybe other drugs like that? Is it like 50% or is it like 90%? Again, don't say anything you're not comfortable with, but I'm just kind of curious. No,
2: I I, I think I get what you're talking about, and and two two different issues here. One is that with one or the other of the stimulants, with with either stimulant of the two main kinds, you can get 85 properly diagnosed ADHD patients to a really good place. And you can and so that leaves you fifteen percent of people that you haven't treated so uh, then you change the drug and you and since the other drug will get eighty five percent of people, there's very few people that fall in that one or two percent gap that's not in uh, included in both of those and a lot of times those are the ones that are erroneously diagnosed or have a major other problem that that you have overlooked. Such as bipolar disorder that needs to be treated along with the ADHD before the ADHD can be treated. That's a subject for another whole discussion someday. Absolutely, but, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but, but they, these are these are nine on the scale of ten drugs. They are they are you you. There's very few drugs in the drugstore that with between two drugs and a category you can get 98 percent of people treated. Nah, that's that's a wonderful drug.
0: Well, so the, the one thing I want to emphasize with our, with our listening audience is if you're talking about 98%, I'm, I, I really want to emphasize, over what I, talking to all the experts, it's going to take some work to figure that out. And you need somebody who's knowledgeable, and you need to have some feedback, and you need to go deal somebody with yourself who's had some experience. So um, clearly we've got to have you back for a series of shows because we only scratched the iceberg tip of the iceberg a lot of things that we need to cover. But based off of what we covered, any final thoughts or comments before we close out today?
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing. You're, you as a coach, uh, you, you, have you ever talked to a physician who's ever hired an ADHD coach in their office? I will tell you that I believe in ADHD coaching because I, I, I had an American Coach graduate that I hired, and we, we worked together in the office for uh, several years. And, mm-hmm. and in and combining those two things with the medication, uh combining the coach and counseling if necessary because as as you know they're not the same thing um there's just so much you can do if you if you spend the time to educate yourself and you find a physician who cares about you and listens to you if you get a feeling that the physician it's kind of when you visit a church, you know. If you're you're uncomfortable the first time, you know, come back. I mean, you don't know where the bathroom yep. is, and so forth. You know, come back a couple of times. If you don't feel comfortable after the second or third time, go somewhere else. And the same thing's true with doctors for your ADHD. If you if you think the person doesn't know what they're doing after the second time, move along. But stick with them. Tell them that you're not pushing to have immediate quote-unquote cure, that you will stick with them, you will hang in there, and you, you have a life and you want a life and keep on slowly working to this and you will get there.
0: Absolutely. I think uh, I like how Ned Hollowell has said it before us. Is that if, you, if you have ADHD and you get the proper diagnosis and the proper treatment, which includes a multimodal approach, you can live a very, very fulfilling life. And it, it, it doesn't come without a little bit of work, but, I mean, there definitely is promise. So uh, with that, Dr. Bailey, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Everyone, I hope that you've enjoyed this edition. Uh, We're going to be anxious to get Dr. Bailey on another couple of shows to kind of get into this even a little bit more further. Uh, If you're listening to this and you agree uh, with me that he's that articulate and you want to get him for a speaking engagement, reach out to us at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. With that, hope you enjoyed the show. Take care.